The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations. You are listening to the podcast, Tea and Talk, presented to inform, educate, inspire, and encourage meaningful conversations on Bahamian arts and culture. My name is Robert Bain, dancer, teacher, choreographer, and someone who believes in the preservation of all things Bahamian. I am sitting down with persons of like mind to discuss the Bahamian perspective on the arts and the Bahamian way. Now, let's welcome our guest. All right, welcome to Tea and Talk. I am Robert Bain, and today I, again, you know, I was excited about this. I'm excited about this new idea of a podcast. Um, boy, you know how we used to do it back in the day? We didn't have this kind of facilities. You had to go to the radio station or someplace to do it. Now technology have it that you could do your own thing. You could do it wherever it is. You can go on location. You could go wherever. But anyhow, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> running on here for a minute. But um, in today, today's podcast, uh, I'm happy to have in my presence the lovely, lovely, lovely Angelique uh, McKay, uh, mother. Queen mother. Queen mother, yes. <laughs> and uh, what we're going to talk about today, um, I've always had an interest in. Um, of course, uh, one of the things that we do here uh, with Tea and Talk is that we have have a cup of tea with the guests, and today we're having sweet... Uh, Margaret. Sweet, sweet Margaret. Margaret. I was waiting for you to say <laughs> You know, right? And uh, I'm not going to say uh, exactly what uh, what Sweet Margaret does, but it has a lot of uh, benefits, they say. Um, and so let me tell you about some of the, the benefits. Sweet Margaret, or wild guava, that is all, as it is also called, has long been a herb used in the Bahamas for treating various ailments. Appearing as a shrub or small in small or small area, it has white flowers and dark red berries. Do you know? Have you ever seen that? I have. Mm. Native of the Bahamas, Mexico, and South Florida, sweet Margaret is particularly particularly effective as a s- soothing tea when dealing with. And they have this thing. Okay, I know doctor, but I can say it anyhow. It said it's support uh, supporting nerve functions. Uh, improving memory and focus. Boy, I, I, need, I need to get a case of this. Uh, improve back strength. Wow. Uh, the next thing it says here, it treats, uh, it's really good with uh, diarrhea and stomach aches. It treats colds. And uh, I'm not endorsing this, but I'm going to say it anyhow because it's written. It says it's an anti-cancer agent. And then the thing that uh, it also says that it's a male uh, aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, anyway, right. So anyhow, the tea, it tastes good. It's nice. It's really, it's, 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 it's different. And I want to invite anybody that wants to advertise with us. You, you can do so. You want to sponsor a program. We'd be happy to, uh, you know, have you on board. You know, you can just have a, Add red, or you can just sponsor the program. But I am happy to have Angelique in this space. And Angelique is an artist, 
She is an artist of many hats, have many hats. Um, I've known her for quite a while. We, we, we support each other um, emotionally because we both are, we're, we're, we're artists and we, we support. She's always encouraging. Um, welcome to Tea and Talk, Angelique. Thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> You're here. Um, I just want to, before I get into to, uh, the main, our main conversation, the question I want to ask, uh, you know that we are now, we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of independence. And uh, where have we come in 50 years? Well, I, I don't have a politically correct answer, but I'm still pained um, the way artists are treated in the country. It still hurts. Yeah. Um, because we don't, we don't get the kind of um, attention that we need. We don't get treated with the kid gloves like other persons do. Um, we're always an afterthought. We, we, they always try to talk our prices down. You know, mm. it's something what they would not do if they go to the bakery for a loaf of bread. Mm. But if they come to us, they want to barter wow. or, or, or talk us down. So I'm a bit sad that that is still happening 50 years after independence. Wow. Now, see, I, I want to say to all my the audience out there is that this space is created for the artist. <clears throat> and uh, we can say what we want to say. Um, we're going to be respectful about it, um, but people need to know uh, because what we do is very important. It's it's very important to life. It's very important to our existence as human being. You know, if you check the history, uh, the history of man, you know, um, the arts or aspect of the arts has always been a part of the existent uh, building societies. Uh, the art has powers that that we yet in the Bahamas have not explored it's always downplayed all aspects of it and um there are persons that actually make this great sacrifice to present art in this country but people don't know <clears throat> the half of the story they don't know the truth and you'll be amazed if they had the kind of support that they need what will actually happen behaviors are very 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 talented and resourceful people. I think Bahamian people are the smartest people on the face of this earth. I'm telling you, in every aspect. I love this country. I love the people of this country. That's why I moved back home when I did. I would not trade my people for anybody. They're bad ways and all. I can keep that. <laughs> all right? <laughs> but anyhow, with that said, um, I, Angelique, I, I happen to, to go onto Facebook and I saw this 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 ad. This um, uh, it was a. I think you guys did something with uh, one of the, the local stations, uh, and it talked about your trip to uh, uh, to Africa. Mm -hmm. And what fascinated fascinated me about it was I I, I heard Junkanoo a couple of times. I'm a Junkanoo. You know, I am junkie. Okay, I am so, junkie, right, yes. yes, right? So I'm saying this to say, because, for example, I mean, one family who just taught Bay Street, sorry guys, I gotta say it, uh, they, when it began, I was there, and in 1993, 
I was part of that group when it started. I haven't rushed in a couple of years, but I am a junk and I, and I love junk and roll. I love everything about it. Um, but I always believe, this is my belief, if we are going to know about Junkanoo, if we are going to research Junkanoo, we cannot research Junkanoo from the Bahamas. We cannot research Junkanoo in a bubble. All right? We have to go out of the Bahamas. We have to go to, to a place that, in our minds, where we think it came from, and we need to trace it back, because we know that slaves are brought into this region, and we have to follow that trek so we get the true picture of what John Canoe is. We can stay on the rock and start making stories up about John Canoe. And so I was excited when I saw Angelique, and she, they were talking about John Canoe. What's the gentleman's name? Christopher. Christopher. Christopher Davis. Christopher Davis. And I sat there, and I got goosebumps all over my arms. I've never seen, listen, Mount Everest had nothing on those bumps because they were doing exactly what I always wanted to do. And uh, they dared to do it. And I was so proud. And <clears throat> immediately after I saw that, I got in contact with her. I said, I'm doing a podcast, and you got to come on. And she said, okay, that's it. Right? And she started telling me. I said, hold on that. But anyhow, she's here now, and, and, and she's going to tell me about it. She, I, I want to know about the similarities and differences that you found on this trip. Tell me about your experience. First of all, start with where... Well, I'll start with how how the link happened. Okay. Um, Christopher Davis has been doing some research um, on Junkanoo. Okay. And in 2021, he reached out to me. He was like, um, "I've been asking. I've been fo- first of all, he said that he was following me on Facebook, mm. right, um, from the shadows. Okay. And he was asking throughout um, throughout the island, different people." Could name me somebody that you know who would die for Junkanoo, who who you know is just so passionate for Junkanoo, who would do anything for Junkanoo. And everyone he asked said Angelique. Mm-hmm. So he got my number and he called me. And I, I, I could remember I was lying in my son's bed on, on a lazy Saturday. And he was like, I got your number from such and such, and it's about some research that I'm doing on, on John Canoe. So uh, when, you, when you tell me John Canoe, of course, I begin to listen more intently. Mm-hmm. And he started to tell me that the namesake of John Canoe was this man called John Kwao, and that he was a great Ahanta warrior. Whoa. I sat up in the bed, and I said, What? And I didn't even let him finish because I said, Christopher, you know, I was just at a loss for words. But I said, it never sat well with me, the stories that we heard about him being an enslaved African and having been brought over and, and asking for these days off and stuff like that. It never sat well with me because I was trying to understand how could this one person who was enslaved in the Bahamas how could his name be revered throughout the entire region and some um, areas in the United States? It just didn't sound right. And the research that Christopher um, has unearthed shows that he was a, a great Ahanta warrior in the western region of Ghana, mm. formerly the Gold Coast. And 
the the first three slave ships that came to the Bahamas came from that particular region. So some of the enslaved Africans that came to the Bahamas and to the region were some of his warriors that were captured. Ah. So that is why his name resonates throughout the region. And one of the main things that, that we saw on one of the trips was cowbells. Now, I'm a part of the Junkanoo Commandos, mm -hmm. and we travel globally, taking the creative arts of Junkanoo around the world. And we do music workshops as well. So, of course, that means cowbells. And no country has ever been able to, to produce cowbells or show us cowbells. We would always have to carry our cowbells. So when we got to a hunter and I saw this guy with cowbells, I, I was in shock. Hmm. They're exactly the same way ours are made, and they ring them the exact same way. And one of the other things that was um, outstanding was his face was white, powdered white, right. with ripped cloth he had tied around him. And these are some of the same things that they said. We mimicked the white people or we used trash um, to do Junkanoo. But these were some of the same things that we did there, mm -hmm. back in, in the motherland. And we brought it with us um, to the Bahamas and throughout the region because you see some of the same things going on throughout the different islands and throughout the diaspora. It's just reenactment of things that they would have done there and keeping the name alive. Mm. And we found that the ringing of the cowbells is what they use to call on and summons the spirit of the ancestors. So our bellers back then would have been ringing the bells to summon the spirit of John Guau and the ancestors to take them back home. Wow. Yes. And it, it's, it's just so amazing. <sighs> it's amazing. I can tell you my first time to Africa was last March. Every time I was supposed to go, something happened that caused me not to be able to go. But last March, when I landed in Ghana, I, my destiny began right then. Wow. Everything that I have been doing all of my life has been preparing me for this time right now. Okay. For what it is that I am going to do and that I am doing within the region of Ahanta. Because... I am one of the stolen children of the Ahanta region. Right. And, and, and I felt it. When I went there, not one day did I feel like I was in a strange land or that I was not at home. Not one day. Hmm. That's interesting. What about there? So they have been able to preserve most or all of their, their culture? The oral history is is pristine um, because some of that is merged in into Christopher's book along with the research. So we walk the streets. His name is alive and well. He's not a myth. He's a real person. So they're able to tell us about him. I walked to the wall that surrounded the village that, that kept enemies out. Um, we went to the palace where he would have meetings. We went to the ruins of his house. We went to the fort that is still standing and intact, mm. where he defended his people against enslavement. Um, 
the the history um the the traditions are alive and well um in october i was able to participate in the kundum festival Kund, yes. which has some of the elements of what we do with different things here because that's some of the practices that they would have brought over mm-hmm. and surprisingly i got tired participating in that and as a jankanu person i didn't think anything else could tire me out but right. that did it probably wouldn't tire you out because there's a lot of dancing, hmm. but it tired me out. Um, so I think you mentioned me at some, to me at some point that um, when you were learning about the history, the oral history of, of uh, Wahanta, the Wahanta tribe, you all sat down for a couple of days? We were there. The first time we were there, we were there for like 12 days. Um, we, we were a part of a ceremony Mm-hmm. where we were initiated back right. into the Ahanta tribe because we were stolen. Yes. And you felt, when you were in that setting, you felt that stories were told by grandparents and great-grandparents that one day the stolen children of return. Ahanta would return. And we felt that return in that presence. And one of the other things that stood out to us was... We were draped with necklaces, Saracy necklace. Mm-hmm. We couldn't believe it. Saracy. And that is their most magical, sacred, healing herb. Really? Really. You know, wow. Um, I know, um, I think my mother's probably could be that type of person. Um, I know African, I don't know if they call it the same in, um, in the Wahanta tribe, but they call them... Um, griots uh, 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 where they the person that actually record memorize the, mm, the entire mm-hmm. history of the I know uh, what of you the, mean. right yes. um, I think I first learned that word with um, with um, um, remember roots yes, uh, with yes, Alex yes, Haley yes 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 I and, remember and that and he talked about the griots and how they would uh, remember the history of the tribes and and how they'll pass it down and and uh, you know who I think was good at that Dr. Cleveland Hines was very mm-hmm. good at stuff like that you know and I think he I think he uh, professed to be a Yoruban or something like that I, oh. I, I can't remember if, if you sit down that yeah. they tell you the stories um, and in Princess Town, Pakasu, which is now called Princess Town, mm-hmm. um, Alex Kofi, he's an oral historian mm-hmm. and he can tell you the entire story of Jankwao. And it means it was passed down right. from generation to generation and they can trace who's related to him from, who's related to the other family, his cousins, his brothers, his great grand grand grand, this and that, and the other. So, um, so have they done from the back end? Let me say it that way. Have they done anything researching this way? To, no. To try, yeah, right. We we were the first ones. Wow. To be able to go back, and one of the things that we're in the process of doing um, with Minister Ginger Moxie is doing the sister city partnership because okay. of the significance of Jankanu to the Bahamas mm-hmm. and with Princess Town being the space where Jankwao is mm-hmm. or was from, you know. So we're in the process of planning to, to be able to do that. And in doing that, it brings more attention to Princess Town. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, in, in turn, it could bring some economic benefits to the area and mm-hmm. to the Ahanta people. Mm-hmm. And it, it it shows that we can actually trace our roots in Jankanu um, and the significance mm-hmm. 
of what all that means um, to us. I looked at some of the photographs, and some of the photographs would look very much like you can be on an island of the Bahamas somewhere. Um, how the, I mean, it's home. It's home. It's home. What are their um, staple, their food like? Is it anything that's that's it, close to it ours? It would make you feel like you're eating stew fish. Oh yeah. Or steam fish. Uh huh. Um, Corn is very significant in their culture, mm -hmm. and, and we have grits. And grits. Right? They use a lot of tomatoes, just like how we use a lot of tomatoes mm. um, and steam, things like that. The plantain, cassava, potato, um, a lot of fish, mm -hmm. because it's um, a hunter region is on, on the coast. Okay. So when, when I was there, it, it surprised me how much we brought over as enslaved Africans to the Bahamas right. from from the motherland. Hmm. It it surprised me. What about the the actual drum rhythm? Um, um the drum rhythm are there any similarities to 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 the Junkanoo rhythm of, of, of today? Well see, I can't do music. Okay. Music is music to but, me. But yeah. they use they use sticks okay, with the drums use, right. as opposed to how we have ours on okay, our shoulder. Right. Because I'm trying that part too. I, I I'm interested in that because I think um that I, I I've always been interested in finding out which other tribe, which other African tribe or uh, anywhere in the world that they wear the drummers, carry the drums on, mm -hmm. the, sh on, on, on the shoulders. I mean, I've only seen it uh, with uh, uh, Bahamians. I know um, my research, my book, um, that's hopefully coming out very soon. It's supposed to come out last year, but it'll be out shortly. Um, when I was doing my research, I found some photographs of Bahamians, all right? And I was immediately was able to pick them up because they carried a drum on, on the, the shoulder, shoulder. right? Mm -hmm. Now, I know that our rhythms and stuff have changed. Uh, we don't know. Africans, what, what I have discovered, that they don't lose their tradition. Like a rhythm that was played 200 years ago, they still play because it has meaning. Mm -hmm. All right? And uh, um, for us here in, in the Bahamas, it's not the same. I think our, our music has evolved. So if you ask somebody, what is the, the actual original sound of of the Junkanoo or Jean Croix uh, that, that, that was brought here. Nobody can actually yeah. tell you that because we have lost all of that. We, we really don't uh, uh, put any interest in keeping things, which is sad. Um, now, the, the music that they play on Bay Street is sound very hip-hop-ish, right? And I know, right? Uh, um, and... Um, but back in the day, I remember people talk about the over the hill beat, and that was so we've lost that as well, you know, and that had some significance. And, uh, and some of the things that you're saying kind of, I'm understanding it a little bit about the warrior part of it, because uh, when you hear the over the hill beat, right? It was like, and where I heard it explained was that uh, you could hear this rhythm coming in the distance, all right? Um, coming in the distance, and you may hear it from both ends. The way Junkanoo is now, it goes around in, in a circle. Uh, it goes in that thingy on Bay Street, all right? But initially, it didn't happen that way. I was told that initially it was uh, they came 
uh, one group came, you could hear the rhythm coming from over the hill, and the next group, and they, they came, and eventually what happened was that they actually went through one, one another, and they collided. And somebody said, uh, I think it was a Mr. Heiler or somebody who used to make cowbells one time ago out there, he said that and if there was somebody that you had beef with during the year, you yeah, get, I heard so, the story. Right, right, so it was like that. So I, I wonder uh, in a... In a uh, uh, psychological or sociological way how i mean could it probably be something that would probably you was never know because one of the things that stands out with me is as junk canoes when we're getting ready to go to bay street we say war time mm. it takes on a whole new meaning for me now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that i know of john Kwao and him being an hunter warrior and the same is with me and the Junkanoo Commandos. Mm-hmm. Like, I was literally brought to tears when I stood, well, I sat on the, the fort mm-hmm. where he defended his people against enslavement mm-hmm. because the name Junkanoo Commandos just came to me years ago. Be, I, I knew nothing of him at that time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always say with the Junkanoo Commandos, because we're, we've, we've overcome so many obstacles and, and many times we don't even know how we've been able to accomplish some of the things we've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I would always say that we're guided by our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And on that fort, I knew which ancestor was guiding the Junkanoo Commandos. Interesting. It was him. Yeah. I want to say that you're doing a great, a great work with that that group uh, and I saw the, your presentation at the um, on the steps of the Capitol and ah the Lincoln Memorial Lincoln Memorial yes. yeah it was just amazing that was you know, powerful great, for us great representation Thank you. I think you know um, you know Bayman should be proud you know Bayman's always proud whenever they see Listen, when I lived in America and I happened to see a Bahamas Air flyover, I get goosebumps. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so having a whole jungle. I know we were we were someplace in um, in in, uh, in Europe in London and um, uh, I think a place called um, Broadstairs or something like that. And uh, so we had all the drummers, all the the drummers and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, jungle musicians. And so we par- paraded down High Street and. Would you believe it? That pers- that rhythm is just so amazing. It just pulls you. And persons came out from everywhere. People came with their drums they mm-hmm. had, and behemoths, of course, and uh, and their cowbells, because they heard this rhythm and they the did not believe it. The spirit of John Canoe. But they heard it. Behemoths that were actually living in, the, in that place heard it, and, and they came out. But tell us a bit more about, about uh, uh, your, your elevation. Well... In March of 2022, when we were in Ahanta, um, Christopher was installed as John Kwao II, a Safalhini, um, and he's king of the warriors. Okay. So this is the first time that that stool has been um, given to anyone since John Kwao died. Yes. Um, And the significance of what of Christopher's research and what he has done. And um, I was installed as Queen Mother Asafa Chiriba, mm-hmm. and that means Queen of the Warriors. And the roles that we have are not just titles that we're given. We actually have meaningful duties within the Ahanta region 
that we are now responsible for. And I take it very seriously. Christopher takes it very seriously. Um, it's it's home. And I always used to say, I am John Canoe, I is a Bahamian. Mm-hmm. Now I say, I am a hunter, in addition to all of that, yes. because I am a hunter. Join me for the continuation of this discussion with Angelique McKay. You're listening to the podcast, Tea and Talk. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations.